Welcome to Toddcasts by the Oslo Desk. The Oslo Desk Todd brings diverse perspectives to the table and creates practical content to help people of all backgrounds in Norway to live out their greatest potential. For a first season, we are interviewing female leaders with international backgrounds to highlight their achievements and their journey as immigrants and entrepreneurs. So far, women of color, whilst among us, remain invisible. So hear their name and know them. Hear their story. Our guest for today's episode is Carrie Yu, who is an architect who has her education and work experience from Hong Kong, Sweden, Denmark, and Norway. She is currently working in Nordic Office of Architecture in Oslo. Welcome. Thank you. So, what is a Chinese architect doing in Oslo? Yeah, I started my Scandinavian journey in in Sweden because I studied my master of architecture there. After two years of education, I moved back to Hong Kong to work as an architect. But after having been to Sweden, my how do I see the world, life, and also architecture change very much. So when I was working there in Hong Kong, I feel really depressed because the way we work is totally different from how. I learned this rhythm. For example, in Hong Kong, architects tend to work for developer, which try to squeeze space in a very efficient way, try to earn as much money as possible. So this made me think about what architecture should be and what life should be. And also, needless to say, the the lifestyle is much more stressful. You work a lot in Hong Kong, and you cannot really enjoy life and also enjoy space. And pretty much very different from Sweden. So it made me start to miss a lot Scandinavia. So after two years of working in Hong Kong, I decided to move back to Scandinavia, and this time I chose to go to Norway because uh, in Norway there are、uh, much more opportunity because of the economy was、uh, growing quite much at that time. Yeah, so that's how I end up here.、Mm. Yeah. Well, as an architect here, you also worked on the book, and you made this book. Um, which is an illustration book of、um, how you're navigating two cultures from a Hong Kong、uh, background、uh, and that in the Nordics or in Norway. How would you say this book came about? How did this book came about? What was it that was it something that was missing、um, that you find as an architect working in 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 Norway? Yeah, as an architect, although there's a pretty much a lot of freedom to to work, we can have our. Idea and concept, but it is a business. I have to say, we a lot of the time we need to listen to the client, listen to、I、follow a lot of regulation. So it is a little bit of creativity, but it is not directly out of my heart. It is、um, something I feel like missing in my life. I want to, I want to tell some story about my life. I want to, I want to have my own design and my work to to show the others、uh, what I am and also、uh, what Norway, Scandinavia is. So that's why I come up with the idea of writing a book about Scandinavia, pretty much about Scandinavia life and, and in comparison to Hong Kong or. Comparison to the world,、mm. and this book. Could you describe a little bit about it? Could you? Is there a particular part in the book that you enjoyed writing the most? There are two main characters in the book. One is、uh, myself, a Hong Kong girl, which is with color, a、uh, dark color、uh, hair, and and she is a foreigner trying to in- integrate into the Scandinavian society. And the other one is a Norwegian guy, a Scandinavian guy. He's a、uh, really typical Scandinavian person. So there's a lot of 
conflict between these two persons trying to get together. For example, there was some illustration about the thermal comfort zone. The Hong Kong girl from a subtropical climate, she's always freezing in Norway. Um, even it is 20 degrees, 10 degrees, of course, it's like we need to wear a lot of things already. But the Norwegian guy, is, he thinks 20 degrees is super hot already. So she's, <laughs> he's wearing slipper and like really, so these two persons, they're really different. So I try to illustrate the life difference between me and a Scandinavian person in a more relaxing way in some cartoons and the conversation between two. And also what I enjoy the most about this book is I, as an architect, I, in my work, I, I'm trained to use a lot of graphics, diagrams to present ideas. So that's why I use a lot of diagram to present the idea, to show how Scandinavia is, is to Chinese reader. So for example, I, uh, there was a diagram to describe how it is as a divorced couple in Norway. So I put a scenario that, that, to, that there's a couple, they are divorced or separated from their uh, surf, uh, previous partner. Both of them have kids with the previous partner and they have their own kids together also. So there are, and then I put four scenarios. One is that both of them have kids together. Both of them has uh, kids together from their previous partner. And sometimes they have, one, one of them have kids with previous partner and sometimes they don't have kids. So it's like, I put them into different scenario and to show how, how complicated this situation could be to, to a person who is from a very different culture. Because this book is, is, to, is in Chinese. So it is uh, very interesting for Hong Kong people or, or those who can read Chinese to uh, understand a bit more the Scandinavian mm. lifestyle. And that's quite uncommon, would you say, that this kind of uh, divorce um, couple from Norway to that of Hong Kong, what, what would you say in Hong Kong it would be like? It is really crazy for them. I mean, even with this simple diagram to to explain, they, they have difficulties to understand. Mm. How can this be possible? Because, for example, in Hong Kong, if you divorce, you separate with your previous partner, there should be always one main person to take care of the kid and then the other person usually daddy will have the right to visit but not like in here half half or, or this kind of mm, arrangement uh, arrangements mm. what what were the reactions you got for, from your book once you got it published yeah the reaction was really good because this book is a bit different of the other books they have seen because this book is this contains a lot of diagrams and pictures so people who can easily understand what is what i want to say and there's a lot of cartoons showing the life stories, a lot of conversation and dialogue between two persons. So it is a really easy reading for a lot of people. And what surprised me the most is even the book is in Chinese when I brought some copies back to Norway. In my company, a lot, a lot of my colleagues, they, are, they really like the book. And I sold more than 30 copies in my book. Even most of them, they don't read a single word of Chinese because they think the graphic itself is quite cute and, and they believe graphic itself tells a lot of stories. So even if they don't understand the test, they can understand pretty much what it is and they think it's super nice to put on the bookshelf to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to show people. What was the what was the one comment that someone from a uh, Norwegian person who picked up your book um, that you remember the most? There's not a specific comment, but I was so surprised that they love it so much 
because they say a lot of things, for example, the branches or they go to ski, this kind of thing, it is really common in their daily life. They don't think it is any special. They think the world, it is like this. But it is so funny that a foreign person pointed out that this is weird. No, not weird. This is special. And the people in the other country, they don't do this. They don't eat branches. They don't, <laughs> they don't go to ski every single winter. They don't. So their way of life is totally different, but they, they don't realize this is so different until I show them uh, this is how we do in Hong Kong. This is how they do in Scandinavia. So I put them into comparison, like one next to each other, how, how the, the society is, how the life is, how the food is, how the clothing it is, how the relationship, family, working life it is. So they are quite impressed how, how they are so different or special to mm. compare in comparison to the other culture. Would you get this book translated into Norwegian or English? I really would like to. Uh, as I said, there's a, a lot of Norwegian or, or Western European colleagues. They are really interested in this book. They are pushing me all the time when I'm <laughs> going to get it translated. But um, So I, I translated some of the diagrams or some pictures. I think it is interesting. I put in on my website facebook and i share around and and a lot of them they really like it but i need some you know to to get something happen you need connection and you need to know someone so i'm still waiting for opportunity to to work with someone here to share to get it translated yeah mm. and you've, you've tried uh, asking some of the publishing houses already or are you have i you reached did them? I did ask some people, but I'm not like, because I'm quite busy in, in my personal life. Also, I need to work and have kids. So so I'm not the, like actively looking for, but I'm open to all the opportunities. Or maybe in some years, I'm a little bit more time, I can be more aggressively looking. <laughs> <laughs> but until now, I'm like passively. So is there anyone <laughs> out there listening? So please help her out. Um, yeah, that would be very nice. <laughs> Uh, so how are you navigating these two cultures? Uh, obviously, you've written this um, this book now, but what are your thoughts and feelings about when you're when you're kind of analyzing, observing your your own culture in Hong Kong and then this this other culture in Norway? How are you navigating through sort of being in between, I guess, these two cultures? Or do you feel like you're in between these two cultures? Yeah. Exactly. I, I really feel I'm in between two things, two, two cultures. And, and in Norway, I feel like I'm a foreigner. It's like how I see things, how what I like, my, my lifestyle is totally different from them. But at the same time, when I go back to my own home, which is Hong Kong, I feel I'm so different from them because I've been to Scandinavia for too long. For example, I'm always a really fast person. I don't like to waste time and like I need to get things done really efficiently. But here, people, they are like more like uh, relaxing. So I, I always have a, I, in the beginning, I really had a hard time to, to adjust myself to this kind of uh, speed. So eventually, I kind of tune myself down a bit, so try to learn how to relax and enjoy life. Whenever I go to Hong Kong, oh my God, my, my friends and my family always complain, why? How come you're so slow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when I'm walking and I say, too, yeah. can you walk faster? <laughs> can you speak faster? <laughs> so I feel like I'm in the, in the middle of two really different cultures, which is really fast, busy, efficient, and a really relaxing, laid-back culture. So 
sometimes I really have a hard time to find myself. But、uh, this how I guess we, this is how a lot of immigrants they are experiencing also. <laughs>、mm. What do you feel? Like I mean, once you get caught in that situation, now you're saying like you know your family members, your friends saying that you're slow. You know, what would you reply to that? What would you? What was your response to that? Do you just laugh it off or? I would just laugh. I would, I would say I'm too <laughs> Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I am also trying to teach them that you should enjoy life. Like I, I cannot say what is good or not, what is not good. But there must be a balance between. Being very fast or being very slow.、Mm. So whenever people say I'm very slow, I would say, "Come on, I'm on holiday," and and maybe you should learn about how to relax a bit. You don't need to be stressed all the time.、Mm. Yeah, this is what I be、uh, learning how to relax is the most important thing I learned in Scandinavian society. <laughs> It's、yeah. really interesting because I remember, like when I was、uh, reading your book, one part、uh, was about、um, time being punctual. And oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that really was an eye opening for me as well because I think like here they are absolutely punctual at everything. You know, you had to be arriving on time when you're meeting your friend. I was you're so <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> I I remember there was one time in when I was studying in Sweden, I was I was waiting for a friend. He sent me a message like, "Sorry, I will be one minute late," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I guess even they are one minute late. They need to inform someone.、Mm-hmm. But in Hong Kong or in in other culture, I believe that waiting, letting someone wait for like fifteen minutes is minimum charge. <laughs> Did you ever had a really tough time in, in Norway?、Uh, what is what would you say is the toughest part when the challenge? That you have in Norway, where you feel like,、um, did you ever had a point where you feel like, oh, I just want to give up?、Uh, there are two phases I've gone through, which is I think is quite difficult. The first time is when I just moved to Norway. I I was working in a local Norwegian company, which is really really local, like four or five people. They have only Norwegian people, and in the beginning, they say I is okay. Our work is mainly design and graphic. It's okay. You don't speak so much Norwegian, and I was trying hard to learn. But of course, it's not impossible to be understand that I'm fluent to understand what they're saying. So in the lunch and basically all the everywhere, I'm kind of invisible among them because、mm. <laughs> it was really really tough, and I I was about to give up. And then in the end, but I I just think I just need to try to、uh, improve my language and try to see what happened. But in the end, after half a year, I cannot pass through the probation. They say because I have language barrier, because they figure out it is I I don't fit them very well. So I was I was kind of fired,、mm. and then I had a really tough time to look for another job here because after that I my confidence got like、mm. you know this is the first、Just、time、don't. I got fired in my life. This is a big hit on my self esteem.、Mm. And also, then I realized that、uh, language and is really important in this society. Even though I have、um, professional background, I have my education in Scandinavia, and it was really quite difficult. I have been to like over ten interviews, and a lot of the employ employers they are really you know Norwegian people. They are really polite and nice. When they talk to you, you feel like you have a chance. 
So every time I I finish the interview, they say I I feel like I'm getting a job. But then after after a week or something, of course, I get some negative replies. So it makes me really feel really really difficult to get into the working market here and also to to be something here instead of staying at home. So it was the first time I feel really difficult and also. Another difficult time is maybe after I got kids here, I realized the Scandinavian、uh, perspective about family is totally different from how we,、uh, you know, we we are. For example, I would expect my parents-in-law they would be like my parents or a lot of parents-in-law in Hong Kong. They like to be in with their kids a lot to help out everything. And to spend a lot of time with my kids, and I can just have a lot of. I I thought I would get a lot of help from them,、mm. or at least not like that distanced. But in the end, I found our our how do we see family is really totally different from Norwegian people.、Mm. So I'm still having a difficult time to understand how they think about me or about my kids to them.、Mm. So this is kind of. Really soft because you it, for me. Is it the fact that、um, when you talk about family, is that、um, the value is is what, what would you say the value、um, family value difference it is between a Hong Kong family and the values there and and that of Norway? What would what would you say if you can pinpoint down the biggest difference? I think. For example, in Hong Kong, we think family has to be together all the time. Even though you are adult, a lot of us still live with our parents, or even they don't live with their parents, they live really, really close to each other. And kids, the grandkids, will see their grandparents every week or all the time, basically.、Hmm. But and then and then the grandparents will try their best to help. For example, my mom, she doesn't speak a word of English, and she helped me a lot. She lived in Norway. Many many times, sometimes、uh, for three months, sometimes for a month to help me out, just to stay at my home to help with my kids.、Mm. But in comparison, I my Norwegian、uh, parents-in-law, even they we are in the same country, they don't really come to visit that much.、Mm. Is is I I just cannot believe I, I I cannot say that they are bad, of course, but they just、um, respect more. They have their own life instead of sacrificing themselves to help out to do a lot of、uh, boring work to to help us.、Mm. This is a、um, really really big difference between two different cultures.、Mm. I, I think many actually could resonate. I think、um, going back to your very first challenge when you say finding work is hard. Um, how did you deal with that? How did you? Because you you have a job now. Yeah.、So. In the end, it was quite funny. I got a job in Copenhagen instead. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. In the end, I was having a hard time looking for a job in Norway, and I didn't know what to do. So I I just sent a lot of see.、Uh, I sent a lot of application, not only in Norway but around Scandinavia or Europe, and so. Funny that a company in Copenhagen, quite international one,、uh, sent email to me because they are looking for a Chinese-speaking architect because they are having some projects in China. They want to have someone to coordinate between China and 
and Denmark. So that's why they asked me if I am interested to go to Copenhagen. So I, of course, I said yes. So they they brought me there, and it was it went super fast all of a sudden. So after having experience from Denmark, it is very easy to find a job in Norway because after you know Denmark, they are really good in architectural design. So my experience in Denmark really helped me a lot to find a job here. So I, when I moved back to Norway, I got a job like really fast. Mm. Yeah. That's really great. What would you say your your superpower is? You know, since it feels like you, you're navigating and, and struggling through a lot between two different cultural spaces. If you were to think about a superpower that you have, what would that be? A super, I can't say superpower, but I... I'm quite a stubborn person, I would say, <laughs> and I'm quite quite independent person. I believe not a lot of girls would be like me. Just left, just created a job in Hong Kong as an architect and run all the way to Norway with nothing, just one suitcase. Mm. And I built up everything from nothing to now. So. It's just because I'm very stubborn. I didn't want to stay in Hong Kong, so I just okay, go 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 for it. Mm. And at that time, I was I didn't even dare to tell a lot of people what I'm thinking because it's too crazy to a lot of people. Uh, so I just make up some story. I'm going to have a study abroad in Norway for a while, and then I will go back. I'm just telling my Hong Kong friend, but actually in my brain, I'm thinking I. I really want to work here in Scandinavia. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and with the with the book that you have now, when did you started writing that? It was four years ago. Really it is. took like one two years to write it out because I had a full time job and I have a kid to to take care of, so I could write write only in my spare time, like when the kids are in the bed or on the way to work. Mm. And was that here in Norway when you were writing this book, or was that in Copenhagen? It was in Norway. It was in Norway. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and you 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 have a website now uh, called Rice and Viking. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very special name. <laughs> Would you like to tell me a little bit of why you chose Rice and Viking? Because my work is mainly about the cultural differences, and so I I was. I need to look for two main keywords between Asian culture and Scandinavian culture. And Scandinavia, I think Viking is pretty understandable. I was thinking about also potato or some something about potato can be the whole Europe. So, so Viking is can represent the, mm. the three countries of Scandinavia. And for Asia, I I don't know I because. I think rice represents Scandinavian culture. I'm not sorry. I think rice represents Asian culture really a lot, because I want my English version of the book not only focus on the cultural difference between Hong Kong and Scandinavia. I would like to bring even more. What is it? More echo. I I want to have people from the whole Asia can relate themselves. Uh, to this book, or 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 even most of the foreigner hmm. in Norway can relate themselves to this book. So that's why I chose the word rice to represent basically Asian people or immigrants. Mm. Yeah. And um, you have the website up and running, uh, thericeandviking.com. Uh, yeah, I yeah. did translate some of my favorite 
illustrations into English and put into the website. I still do work uh, uh, much, uh, much more in order to get it hmm. uh, nice and keep updating. But it is some hmm. illustration there for, for hmm. everyone to... Mm. have a look <laughs> so if someone wants to follow your work um, they should go to your website then yeah and I also have a Facebook page there's a link in the website I think it's mm-hmm. uh, also Rise and Viking okay cool so if you want to check out her work go to her website www.riseandviking.com um, this is a question that I often ask to all my guest speakers um, if you were to have a superpower what would that be so we had one that you have but if you wanted one superpower um, maybe it's a reward to say that I would like to have a superpower that make democracy for the whole world. Everyone should have the right to choose how they want to live. Everyone should be respected. I hope there's a, there will be a world without dictatorship and everyone is happy. This is what I really want the world can be. Okay, I think um, we come to the end. Thank you so much, Carrie. Okay.